Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director at the Peer Network. I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm here with Sammy. She's an aspiring advocate and newly certified behavioral health peer support specialist with 24 years of lived experience. And today, Sammy and I are going to be talking about co-occurring. Welcome, Sammy. Hi, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Well, thanks for making the time to come on. I, I don't think we've ever, I don't think we've ever done this topic. I, which seems sort of strange to me, but I don't think we've ever done the topic of co-occurring, co-occurring disorder. I, I just don't think we've ever done that. Maybe we have, and I'm just not recalling. So when you proposed this, I, I got excited. I was like, oh yeah, this would be a great new fresh topic. So thanks for that. Great. I'm glad. Yeah. Co-occurring has definitely been my life's journey. Well, that's what we're hoping to talk about. And when, when were you first aware that you had a co-occurring disorder? Um, it, mine started very early in life. I was 12 years old in uh, middle school. And back then they called it junior high. My drinking and substance use and mental health issues all started that same year. Hmm. So it was really hard. I mean, there were obvious signs that I had mania. There were obvious signs that I had depression. And I already knew that I was drinking and using substances. So no one had to guess that. But really when it became super clear were a couple different instances. One of my friends that we used to drink and use together, um, she would say, you know, I, I really think you have multiple personalities. Oh. And so she made it aware that I wasn't quite normal. Mm. And then I ended up having a suicide attempt mm. and the, I got institutionalized for a while Hmm. and that was my first experience with medication. Hmm. And so from 12 until I was in my mid twenties, even until I was 30, I struggled with, with these issues. And did you struggle with understanding you know, it's for like, I was also diagnosed, uh, dual diagnosis. I got diagnosed in the nineties. We didn't, we didn't even call it co-occurring. It was so long, ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, 
that whole um, like, uh, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you start drinking? You know, this is what I asked myself. Did I start drinking because I had the mental health issues or did I have the mental health issues and it led me to drinking? Did you experience that? Oh, for sure. And I, I think that's what made it so difficult is because uh, it seemed like I couldn't live with or without the drugs and the alcohol. It seemed like I couldn't live with or without the medication. And so it was like this revolving door of, okay, I'm going to stay on my meds for a while or, okay, I'm going to lower my usage for a while. And then, oh, maybe this day I need to use because I feel so drastic. The world's going to end because I feel this way. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use. And then, oh, well, now I have compounded mental health systems. Mm -hmm. it, it just was this vicious, vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know I... I had my first, I had my first suicide attempt when I was 21, but I began to feel, had thoughts about suicide or began to feel like self-harming. I, I was about 16. And so you mentioned you had the suicide attempt and it was, you were hospitalized and the medications. How, how old were you? My first suicide attempt was when I was 12. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I, I, I ended up going to a therapy school to mm. finish out my seventh grade year. Mm. And it was um, a special school where they gave you medication. They, um, I don't remember doing much schoolwork, but mm -hmm. it was, it was called a therapy school. And the amount of medication that they wanted me to take made me super, super tired. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was over medicated. Mm -hmm. And the, the struggle that it is for us with mental health issues to get on the correct dosage mm -hmm. and the correct medication can in and of itself take a few years mm -hmm. to pinpoint what's mm -hmm. going to work for this individual and not to over prescribe someone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can relate. <clears throat> I remember being, I was on this one medication that uh, I took it twice a day and I would go to sleep and I couldn't function. And, and I remember going to the doctor and I was like, I gotta, I gotta work. I gotta have a life. Like I wake up and I take it and then I go back to bed and then I wake up and I'm up for a few hours and I take it and I go to bed. And then the next day I wake up and I take it and I go to back to bed. And it's like, it was making it worse. My, it was making my life worse. And I had I had to really advocate with that psychiatrist to, to get them to change it. Cause the first move was lower the dosage, right? That was the first move, but it still made me unable to function, which made my symptoms worse. Did you, did you kind of go through that too with the medications and 
I, I went through a revolving door of being med compliant and trying to be um, open-minded to let's give this a try, let's change the dosage, let's give this med regimen a try. And this went on for years and years. And I think that's what made me think that it's okay. Oh, well, I'll just continue to use substances because we can't figure out the med situation anyways. Mm-hmm. And that just compounded the issue. Mm-hmm. I, I remember one time I was on a medication that wasn't quite right. And I was still using substances. And I started having hallucinations, hearing voices mm-hmm. to, you know, you, you need to grab this knife and you need to do this action. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really scary. Mm-hmm. Like, And it was scary for my roommate because I was honest with her. Mm -hmm. I'm like, right now, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And they sent me to Benefice in Great Falls. Mm -hmm. And when I got out, they still wouldn't take me off of that medication. So Mm -hmm. I I chose to go off of it on my own. Mm -hmm. And... And that led to even more problems because then I'm relying more on substances. And so for, for me to truly come to the bottom of the barrel and truly, truly figure out how to recover from both of these issues Mm -hmm. honestly took me until I was 30 years old from the time I was 12. So that's what, 24 years, like you said at the very beginning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Took all that, took all that time of trial, trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, do you, what, what do you think about that? Like, uh, you know, I mean, we sort of touched on a bunch of different things there, but like, um, is that the system not quite understanding co-occurring? Is that is that us as people not understanding ourselves and the intricacies of if you're abusing substances and you have a mental health condition and how that can be counterproductive and right? Because I mean, you know, through the years as a peer supporter, I mean, I work with a lot of people who say, "Well, I I can go I can go drink and get drunk because." I'm bipolar. I don't have a problem with drinking. Right. And then you're like, yeah, but how do you know that if you're in the middle of a mania episode or if you're, if you're depressed, alcohol is a depressant. So it's going to make that worse. Right. Like what happened for you to, when you finally made that connection, how did you make that connection? For a really long time, I wasn't honest with my med providers that I use substances. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, was my way out. Mm -hmm. I was never willing to admit that I was co-occurring. So Mm -hmm. I would always lie about my drinking or lie about my substance use because I didn't want to be labeled as co-occurring. 
So you were accepting of having a mental health diagnosis, but not the substance use diagnosis? Yes. Interesting. Yes. I, I was the opposite. I, <laughs> I was willing to talk about, hey, I'm drinking too much, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm suicidal. And it took me much longer to get to the place of being able to accept, no, it's really my mental health that's not well. And I'm making it worse by drinking. And that's how I came to that conclusion of, I need to just not consume alcohol. You know, because it, yeah. right? Nice, you're laughing, yeah. so. Yeah. No, I, I am Late. because. Yeah, yeah. And, until a person gets to that point where they can accept the fact that they have a problem, there is nothing that is going to be of use from anyone else in our society trying to help us. We have to accept that, okay, this is what I do every day. This is not working. What can I do to change this? And until I was fully honest about, okay, I cannot drink, I cannot use, and I have to take my medication. Like, until I could accept those things, I could not be well mm -hmm. at all for any mm -hmm period of time you you sound like a peer support specialist right there Do I? <laughs> that's, your, that's it right there right like you know real direct right because as peer supporters that's how we can talk talk to each other because we're peers because we understand right that it's like <clears throat> until you're willing to do these things nothing changes in your life and you're just going to continue to suffer yeah, nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. And the thing I've learned over the last six years is that I can finally, for the first time in my life, honestly believe that I can live in recovery. Nice. I can live a normal life. Yeah. And I never thought that was possible. Mm. Hmm. how does that feel it feels really hopeful mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of hope there's a lot of gratitude um i i this isn't something that i wrote down for this podcast but i have honestly been to warm springs probably 10 if not more times mm -hmm. From the time I was 19 until I was 30. And my very last doctor I had in January of 2017, he took the time to really look at what all I had been on, how frequent I was there. You know, he, he really took his time with my record. And he put me on a med regiment and he told me before I left, he said, I honestly believe that if you stay on this med regiment 
you might have to tweak some things. But if you stay on this med regimen, I don't think you will ever come back to the state hospital. Mm. And I did not believe him. Mm. Uh, knowing my track record, I did not believe him. But it's six years later, and I do believe him. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that I could find him mm -hmm. and tell him thank you. Mm -hmm. Because even if it took 20 years for me to get there, I still got there and yeah. that the, my heart is just overfilled with gratitude mm -hmm. that I finally got to a place mm -hmm. where I can really embrace recovery. Mm -hmm. That's great, Sammy. And now you're embarking on another, another new journey within your, within your recovery experience, which is becoming a, a certified peer support specialist. How's that yeah. feel? How does oh, that feel? It, feel, it feels amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, what, what, what? Who would you like to work with? What, what's your? When you look forward now, what do you, what do you, where do you think you'll be here uh, if we were to have you back on a podcast in a year? Like, when, what are you doing with yourself? I really want to work. I don't want to limit myself to only working with people with addictions. Mm -hmm. I really, because I have a lot to offer for the mental health mm -hmm. side of things too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I could work with people who have co-occurring, mm -hmm. I, I think that's where I would be most beneficial mm -hmm. because I mean, my recovery isn't just taking my meds. Mm -hmm. My, my recovery is also staying clean and sober mm -hmm. and it's also using my support system. And so that means that I have a daily plan that I follow. That means I have monthly appointments that I'm committed to. That means 12-step programs are a part of my life. Like there, there's a lot that I do to maintain, maintain, I, I don't want to say what I've built, but I guess I have built this way of life. And I value this way of life so much that I'm willing to keep giving to those aspects of my life that keep me in recovery. That's great. That's great. Do you think you would ever go work as a peer support specialist back at the state hospital? Where, you know, do you I, think you would ever do that? I filled out an application last week. You um, did? I did, and uh, a couple people who I know have worked there advised mm -hmm. me not to work there. <laughs> um, and I, I know, I know that they're not in a good place, and mm -hmm. I mean, I know that, mm -hmm. but I also know the need, yeah. and I also, yeah. I also know the value. Mm -hmm. And one of my goals is to bring RAP to my community wellness recovery action plan. Mm -hmm. And the state hospital wants someone who can bring RAP. Yeah. And for me in my mental health recovery, mm -hmm. my RAP plan was indispensable. Mm -hmm. Like creating that RAP plan for mental health, like that was the difference between 
institutionalization or realization. So for me, for me, rap with mental health is is very, very important. That's great. So so you did fill out an application for the hospital, yeah? I did. I think, I think it was I think it was Friday of last week, the day after great. they gave me my license. That's great. Sammy, I mean that's that's why I brought it up because I had this experience with uh, when I started Montana's Peer Network. I I did groups. I went to the state hospital and ran groups, but I also went to uh, St. Peter's uh, Hospital in Helena, and I was doing groups there too, and um, and and that was very healing for me. Both of those experiences, as somebody who was hospitalized uh, three different times, it was very a very healing process that I needed to go through, you know, to go back and um, to give back and just be in that environment and know that I could walk out the door, knowing that when the day is over, um, I could leave and nobody would chase me down and, you know, keep me there and, you know, right. And, and I had to kind of, I had, I had to heal that. <clears throat> and um, hearing you talk about it, it makes me think that, you know, you have such a powerful message and you articulate it so well that I bet you would really connect really well to our peers that are in the hospital. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if there's anything that we can do on our end, you you just let me know, you know, you can Thank always, you. always put us down as a reference for sure, so. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, you know, co-occurring disorder presents some unique challenges. It did for me, and I think as a peer supporter working with people, but, but you've articulated it really well because ultimately it comes down to the individual. And if they're not willing to address both, and it doesn't matter which came first, right? I racked my brains for years trying to figure out which. It doesn't really matter. Until I was willing to do that, nothing, nothing was going to change. So. Yeah. 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 Nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. 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 It's great. And sometimes, sometimes just one little step, one little ounce of willingness can just flip on a light switch and bring that awareness that, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do for my sanity. Because doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. <laughs> and I, I did that with medications. Oh, I'll try it for a while. Oh, it doesn't work. Oh, substances. Oh, it doesn't work. You know, it's this revolving door for what, 20 years I lived that way. Mm -hmm. And finally I realized, no, I need to actually take my medication every single day. Mm -hmm. And I need to actually abstain from drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And, and during, during this last six years, I have a daily plan that's so solid, it works. It really works mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And I can embrace 
spirituality. I can embrace um, other people's opinions. I can embrace, I can just truly be a part of the world as a functional member of society. And that, that just means so much for, because for so long, I didn't know who I was. I, all I had, all I wanted was to escape the reality of who I didn't know I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like the gift, <clears throat> the gift of recovery, isn't it? Then we, we get to discover those things, what the things we like and the things we don't like and, and, and who we are. And we begin to you use this word, build a, a new life in recovery. Yeah. Yeah, feels good. It does. Yeah. Very, very, very much gratitude here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great. Well, Sammy, I want to thank you for taking the time with us today to come on and and talk about this. And uh, and I would I would invite you to come back and do and do more podcasts with you. Uh, I know you'll stay in touch with us. I know you're involved with the Peer Network but you're very articulate and I'd love you to come back and maybe we talk about some other topics on another podcast. How's that sound? That sounds great. Thank you so much. Yeah. 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 And we want to thank you too, the listener. Uh, you know, if, if you don't tune in, you know, then, uh, then, then we don't have a reason to do these podcasts. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in to another episode of Recovery Talks from Montana's Peer Network. Thank you. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.